Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 6, The Survivors. The original air date for this episode was January 9th, 1989. We're into 1989 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by Michael Caffey. This is his first of 16 episodes of MacGyver. Yeah, he also on. did um, an episode of Briscoe, the Fountain of Youth episode. Okay, okay. Which we'll have one for this series as well. Um, I don't know if that's from him, though. Um, and it's written by E. Reed Moran, and this is his last of three writing credits for the show. Um, he had done Blowout and Mask of the Wolf previously. And we have an actor coming back from Blowout. And we have Caves... Like in Mask of Wolves. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, um, Pete is required to get his field survival certification so he can continue to work. Right. Um, and in the midst, they discover a crashed plane. And we start uh, in the woods. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like a helicopter is coming in, and uh, – Basically, a wounded man is being like kind airlifted. of airlifted. Yeah, airlifted Medivac, out of the area. Yeah. yeah, out of the area. He's got his legs all in a cast, and uh, MacGyver just kind of heads to this compound. It's like the it's like a Phoenix training center out in the woods. Right. And so MacGyver is already just kind of beaten. His narration comes in to say the same thing. Like he's like, I was tired. I like I smelled like a I can't exactly remember like monkey cage is what I we're. Smelled like a monkey cage, and I felt like a prize fink. Yeah, or something like a that. Prize fink, because the reason he felt like a fink. Was because he had uh, had to wash disqualify out, a guy. yeah, disqualify a guy who he knew, and uh, he just wasn't feeling too good about himself. But that's part of the job, and right? And so, if we're assuming Pete is in his fifties, that this guy mm-hmm. that he washed out was in his forties and still a field agent, right? Who is now going to be transferred to a desk job, essentially. Correct. And so Pete is the last trainee. That he's going, and he's going to do it one-on-one yeah. with MacGyver. He's been doing it previously with teams. He's been out here for two months, and it's basically a three-day survival test. So mm-hmm. over the course of 60 days, he could have done 20 of these missions. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so now now he's he's asking Pete for a reprieve, and he basically says, all right, well, you only have one, left, one person left to train, and it's me. Yeah. Uh, Pete is very concerned that he will be taken out of field duty, mm-hmm. which... To me, he see, almost has been. Yeah, like he occasionally get like obviously like in um uh the the one with the the nuns recently. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he was a big part of that on a yeah. wing and a prayer. So he's it's it's occasionally that he goes on into the field, but for the most part, he's at the desk. Yeah. Um, and he even kind of admits it that he's been trying to he's been putting it off and yeah, and he's gained a lot of weight and he's just concerned that he's going to be. Yeah, he declared says, not useful. He mentions that the last time he took the test that it was 100 years and 30 pounds ago. But mm-hmm. I feel like even 30 pounds ago, he was probably still big, too heavy. a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, and he hurts himself a lot right at the start of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, like as soon as they rappel out of this helicopter, which is the first part of the test. Yeah, step uh, one, his rope doesn't go close enough to the ground and he ends up dropping the last like six feet. Yeah. And he just falls on his back. Uh, and uh, they make their way to what MacGyver has been told is called MacGyverland, which is an obstacle course that he designed. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't know, I, I, when they said MacGyverland, I thought it was going to be a little bit more elaborate. 
Like, yeah. It's like going to be like all kinds of crazy booby traps. Not and, like these and, are just tree stumps and you jump from one to the next. Exactly. He, he hung a couple of ropes and a rope ladder. Yeah. Um, which it was weird to watch them the way he climbed the rope ladder. Like not actually using the rungs. Like he was just like yeah. climbing the rope itself. The rungs just seemed to be like a way of stabilizing the rope. Yeah, it was weird. Um, so because he's showing Pete how to do it. He, you climb up the ladder. You have to you climb across a rope mm-hmm. and then down through a series of steps that you're jumping from log to right, log right. to get to the bottom and then you do this little flourish rope swing at the end and then that's it and <laughs> the guy the guy that macgyver just washed out bill foy um pete asks here oh how far did he get and he's like he broke his leg on this one yeah like this on, is the very the, first on thing. the first day well the second thing on, yeah the first day pete of course is having some trouble like he's climbing the ladder and it, they do a good transition between what i'm assuming are stuntmen right yeah uh from the in the wide shots yeah i don't, I don't think even Richard Dean Anderson is doing his own stunts, jumping from log to log, because it's only the bottom half of his legs. Right. Um, but we do get like some like close-up shots of him like hanging up on a rope, and that looks yeah. suspiciously off the ground, but I'm sure it isn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dana Elkar, as he's climbing this uh, ladder, you can see his, his face is red. Yeah. It looks like he's putting some effort into this acting of struggling Probably also trying to lift himself up. It's like, also possible no. a lot of this is Don S. Davis. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that, that that's his That's stunt actually man. his stunt double here. So, but Pete does actually pretty well. Like, I mean, he makes it up. He makes it across the rope. But when he tries to get down the logs, he falls to the ground. Right. But, I mean, really the difference between Pete and, and Bill Foy is that he happens to land right. Like, right. If, if he'd have landed the wrong way, he would have broken his leg. We, we know... This far into the series, that mm-hmm. Pete has very fragile legs. He yeah. broke two of them in one episode in separate oh, incidents. Uh, but he can take a tackle. I mean, we've seen MacGyver tackle him to the ground from like ten partners. From a ten, yeah, from a ten foot jump. Yeah, in partners, he got tackled from pretty far away. But that was also ten years ago, twelve years ago. That's true. But uh, but yeah, in uh, what's the Avalanche episode? Out in the cold, mm-hmm. he he breaks one leg immediately skiing, skiing, and then he breaks the other leg just falling over. Yeah, they call him Mister Glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should have made three of those or at least one more yeah I mean just just give us something I think originally Shyamalan had three unbreakables in mind and then they shot the first one and it was testing so poorly that they were like done yeah which is it's not terrible it's just yeah just so that's why they had that awkward like here's what happened to all the characters in case you cared because yeah. this franchise is done as uh, Pete is doing all these little stunts MacGyver is taking notes in a little notebook and Pete keeps glancing down to see him writing yeah. and realizes that MacGyver's probably not making very kind notes. Right. But or, he hasn't gotten an automatic fail with a broken leg. Yet. Correct. And so that night they're kind of by a campfire and Pete's complaining about all the pain that he's in and wants MacGyver to, to be straight with him about how well he's doing, right. if he's doing well, what are his chances because uh, he Pete's just in the total belief that he's failing, and that but he's but gonna... he also says that he knows that he's that he's useful and mm-hmm. that he could be doing this job, and he just wants to make sure that physically he's up to the standard. Because he said he wants to be there to bail MacGyver out of all the trouble he's so good at getting into. Yeah, which is funny because it's like it was like two weeks ago that I saved your life, Pete. Like yeah, exactly. When was the last time you saved mine? It's been a while at this point. <laughs> oh, it wasn't this they're season. keeping score? Yeah. <laughs> You know, Pete, it's it's been the other way around a lot here lately. I mean, what was the last time? Maybe the odd triple? 
I mean, maybe Pete keeps just holding that avalanche over him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you by know, the I way. I dug you out of that snow. I dug you out myself. Uh, they were going to dynamite that whole hill for some reason. <laughs> Even though it would have done nothing. Yeah. Um, to save the town. To <laughs> save the town. <laughs> what? Why was this town built so close to the mountain? Uh-huh. Uh, so Pete is feeling a little sorry for himself, but he manages to kind of like work up some energy to go, let's go forage for nuts and berries. Right. Because this one orange that he has isn't going to, isn't going to sustain him. And he wants to right. think positive. And so while they're out looking, they MacGyver comes across a piece of plane wreckage. Right. And uh, it's they, basically the whole plane. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, he, at first he finds like a wing or a chunk right. of the aileron or something like that. Yeah. It's a small plane. Yeah. Uh, and they follow the debris field to, like, the, the fuselage. The crash site, like, yeah. yeah. And inside there are two bodies, which I thought for sure were going to be alive. Because it's just two actors playing dead. Yeah. In, and I don't know, I, usually I feel like they would just, like, have the bodies slumped over in a way that you couldn't tell that they were people. But yeah. it's like you just get full on, like, there's yeah, two people. Yeah, their faces and their... Yeah, yeah. it's just two actors laying there. And, and when they check the bodies, they find badges for... They're both DEA agents. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they had been doing aerial reconnaissance. They had a um, camera mounted to the plane. And uh, as they like take a closer look at the wreckage, they find the engine and the exhaust system, which looks like it's been hit really hard. I can't think of a better way to get caught, though, than to shoot down a plane like within mm-hmm. a few miles of where you're storing drugs, like a DEA plane. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like... But uh, they make the uh, more kind of crazy discovery that it seems like the plane was shot down by a heat-seeking missile. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just shot down. It was, yeah. it was like they said that the explosion all seems to emanate from the hottest part of the plane, and so they're sure that it was a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, so they, they attempt... Well, they don't attempt. They actually do partially develop the film in the camera. Right. Uh, MacGyver, but they don't have the stopper, so they have... They only have, like, they put the chemicals on it, and then mm-hmm. they can look at the film as quickly as they can, but then it's yeah. going to overdevelop and disappear. Exactly. So, yeah, they... So they're destroying evidence here. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it's... It, I mean, I get that they... That it helps them a little bit. For the plot, yeah. Yeah, but... But uh, MacGyver would obviously be like, we just need to get this evidence out of here so that we can determine what happened. And and their concern is that another DEA plane is going to come looking for this one and get shot down. Right. It's like, well... I don't think they're just going to keep sending planes over and over again to get shot down. They'll yeah. probably send, like... MiGs this yeah. time. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably going to like have ground crew and things like that, and people and helicopters, not just a plane. Was this one a seaplane, or it was just a small plane? It looked just like a it's like a Cessna, like a yeah. non-seeing-faring set plane. Yeah. But in the, in the footage, in the camera uh, pictures that they develop, they do see a seaplane. Right. Out on a... On a Small piece of water. And, and they do see the smoke from the rocket being fired. Right. And so they're able to determine where it came from. And uh, they see two men. Yeah. It's actually a very detailed photograph. It's very a very large photograph, too. Yeah. Like, the film the film itself is, like, like four Huge inches. Huge format, yeah. yeah it's, like it's probably, like, 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. MacGyver guesstimates that the best place for a seaplane to land would be Crystal Lake. Right. That would be like the only lake that's nearby that would be large enough for a plane to land. As we've seen in Winging a Prayer, these seaplanes require just like a, a 
a runway, a runway like any other plane yeah. that would require. But it needs to be wide enough for them to get up to speed. Mm -hmm. And so, this is not to be confused with Camp Crystal Lake, which is in New Jersey. Correct. Totally different place. We're, we're on the West Coast here. Assuming. Well, we don't know where this training facility I think, is. I, guess. I think one of them says something about them being on the West Coast. Mothership operation? Yeah, they're getting very popular on the West Coast. Okay. Well, they, they, they must be near the ocean only because uh, MacGyver also speculates that the plane is running to a ship out in the water bringing the drugs and flying them back into land. Right, yeah. Which is like an interesting plan, and it must be really close because there's no place to fuel the plane. Yeah. They When they make these drug runs, they don't seem to fuel up the plane at all. They just seem to collect the drugs. So you've got to burn a lot of fuel these landings and takeoffs on yeah. the water. Like, that's so much friction on the water. This is like the fifth or sixth seaplane we've had this season. Yeah, it's this is this is like the season of seaplanes. I don't think we had any even before this season. I think this is a, a season four thing. Oh, no, you know what? We had one the second to last episode of last season. Okay. The Endangered. Yes, yes, yes. But, um, but so, yeah, we had that one, and then this season they just went full-on seaplane season. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. I, I think seaplanes are neat. Yeah, but, they're awesome. Um, I guess they're just because they're going to so many re remote locations lately. And they found a place that they could rent them from. Yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> one place that, that has all the planes. Although, to their credit, this the seaplane in this episode does have different paint yeah, from it's, the it's, last three seaplanes. It's a dramatically different paint, too. Yeah. Like, from, from white and yellow to, to like black red and, and red. orange. Yeah. 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 So, they uh, they figure that Crystal Lake is the nearby place to land the plane, and it's a couple hours' hike, so they need to get yeah. going. And Pete is concerned that Mac is concerned that he'll slow him down. Right. Which he does. Yeah. But, <laughs> and he makes the complaint to MacGyver, like... Couldn't you at least have the common decency to pretend to be winded or something? Yeah, because <laughs> they're because they're hiking after a while and they spot where the plane has landed and we get we get a quick shot of the actual plane touching down because it flies over their heads towards yeah. towards the lake the, the direction that they're going and there's a weird thing that happens when the plane lands because it ties them more to some like an outcropping of rock yeah and I guess. They, they, were, they didn't have a rock they yeah, could Yeah, there, there was either the water, the water was too shallow where the rocks were. So they built like a floating island of rocks for the production. Yeah. So it just looks like an outcropping of rocks. But when they try to step off of it from the plane, you can see that it like wobbles in yeah, the water. Yeah, the whole rock formation tips into the water when he steps on it. It's very strange. Um, I had to watch it a couple times because I thought it was just like a trick of the camera. Like the, no, it, it definitely looks yeah, like everything it's, moves. Yeah, it's moving. Um. And uh, so there are two men aboard, Crandall, and uh, who's like the guy in charge running the drugs, and Wilcox, right. who is the pilot. And we had Crandall previously as Eric Dunlop in Blowout. That's the guy that was renting the warehouse to the the terrorists, the, okay. the multinational terrorism gr group yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like the Irish guy and the Middle Eastern guy and the... Oh, there were three of them, right? Yeah, it was... Irish, Middle Eastern, and... Uh, or was Eric Dunlop the third? I guy? think he was the third, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, he's been on the show once before, and he's going to come back for three more episodes after this. And he did an interview with uh, the MacGyver Project. We'll put a link in the show notes. But he actually said this was his favorite of the five to shoot, which okay. is cool. Um, and the other uh, villain here is uh, Jerry Bean as Will Cox, and this is his first of four episodes. Both of them will come back to play villains in an episode called Tough Boys. Tough Boys. So, um, I imagine they are the Tough Boys. I imagine, yes. 
So at, at least three of his five appearances were as villains for Dale Wilson. He also did the voice of Wellman Matrix on Reboot. Oh. Dale Wilson. Who, who did he, who, the voice of who? Wellman Matrix. Wellman Matrix. He does a lot of voices. Okay. Including well, one on Bucky O'Hare. Oh, okay. <laughs> that we've yeah, mentioned yeah. before here. Um, yeah, Wellman, the, the last name Matrix on Reboot, because uh, Dot Matrix, obviously the character. Of, yeah. Uh, not, not to be confused with the Game Boy screen. Right. <laughs> Dot Matrix with stereo sound. <laughs> um, Dot Matrix and Enzo Matrix are like two of the friends of the main hero, Bob, yeah. in Reboot. If you haven't seen Reboot, uh, it's pretty fun and it's overdue for a reboot yeah i right i've been thinking about that a lot lately like yeah. i was like i'd like to see a reboot reboot they should do it and just call it that who cares just yeah, call it reboot reboot reboot, reboot. <laughs> rebel rebel reboot reboot that'll be their theme song as macgyver and pete are making their way towards the plane uh they finish their offloading and the plane is already taking off for its next run yeah so this is what, like, they they have, like, a very small time frame of getting to where the plane was and looking around for evidence while the plane is making its next run. They're also back. assuming that they're going to be doing that. They right. don't know for sure that this plane is just going to keep doing runs, but they're they're assuming they have the window of however, however far away they're picking the drugs up from. They have right. that long to find. Uh, so while the plane is flying out back out to sea, they kind of head over to where the plane landed, and they... Pete immediately says there's no signs of like a campsite, like that that they that they stay here overnight or stay here for very long. So right. they must just be offloading the drug somewhere. Yeah. And we kind of are intercut between MacGyver and Pete's investigation with the seaplane landing out by a big freighter out on the ocean and just kinda of like receiving more drugs via dinghy. Yeah. Uh, while the plane's in the water. It's very calm water too. So it's gotta be in some kind of bay. Um uh wherever this plane is landing. Yeah. So like a, like a large harbor or something like that. As MacGyver and Pete are kind of looking around, they stumble across a generator and they just kind of follow the cord towards a small cave. So we get more caves. Um, and it's weird. Like the first thing they find in the cave is like camping equipment. Right. And it's not what they were looking for to begin with. Yeah. Outside. That was how Uh, they deduced that they're not staying here. And it looks like maybe they were staying here. Yeah. It was, I was kind of like, okay, um, but as they go deeper inside the cave, uh, they just find a huge pile of bags of coffee beans. Yeah. Cause that's what they've been hiding the drugs in. Which it just seems like there's no way they wouldn't have hid the entrance to this better. Yeah. If they're hiding that much in there. Yeah. Cause it, no one's going to go into this cave and be like, oh, it's coffee beans. Never mind. Never mind. False alarm. <laughs> I, I thought I'd find a bear or something. But... Someone's, someone's uh, terrified of people finding out about their coffee. So they're hiding it in this cave. It's for the long, the long coffee uh, drought that's to come at someone's yeah, stockpile. Yeah, just been stocking it. Uh, so, in order to investigate discreetly, they just slash open one of the bags of coffee beans. Yeah, it, first of all, they just, they tear the bag almost completely in half, They and they just plunge a hand into it, yank out a bunch of coffee beans along with a bag of Coke yeah. that was inside. And then to verify that it's Coke as if it were like they're smuggling powdered sugar and coffee yeah, beans. Yeah, it's like, what do, you, what do you think it is? It's yeah. a white powder and sealed coffee bean boxes. And so then MacGyver, he starts out right, I think. He takes out his pocket knife and he pokes the bag. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's just going to poke the bag, get a little bit on yeah, the knife, and, and then it. snort it. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or taste it or something from there. But he takes the knife and he slices like a four-inch yeah, just rip completely. across the bag and then just jams a finger, like a gloved hand 
into it. Not even like he doesn't even take the glove off to be delicate. He's got a giant leather glove on, and he reaches that in, and then he takes it off of his mm-hmm. finger from the glove. It's like, come on, guys, this isn't. Yeah, it's like he uh, he tastes it, and he's all it's cocaine. It's like, yeah, great, Bravo, that. MacGyver. Good. Uh, as if it was anything else. They're not smuggling baking flour out of here. Um, so they hear the plane coming back, and they decide to take a couple of bags for evidence. <laughs> right. But they also leave, like, three more of them on the ground. Yeah. They, they totally leave their, make their presence known in this yeah. cave. And, that, and then they try to hide. And they even knew that the plane was coming back soon. Like, mm-hmm. they make the whole point, we have to be in and out as quickly as possible, and they're as indiscreet as possible to give themselves away immediately. Yeah. They, they did not think this whole situation through. Yeah. So they try to run and hide down a side cave and wait for them to go in. And, of course, they immediately find the spilled bag of coffee and the yeah. cut open bag of cocaine. So they And Wilcox know, is like, they've, they've been here. Somebody's been in here. Yeah. And so they start looking around the cave. And as uh, Crandall's kind of like scanning some of the side tunnels with his flashlight, uh, Pete's belly, unfortunately, is... Giving him away. Yeah, and not Max's only... like, suck it in, suck it in. And he's like, I am sucking it in. Uh, it's unfortunate, too, that he's wearing, like, a red coat. Yeah. So it's just, like, the total contrast from yeah, the cave yeah. wall. And Crandall's, like, like facial expression when he sees the coat is just like this, like, gotcha. Yeah. And so he, you know, he calls Wilcox over, and, and they're both, like, cocking their guns, ready to start yeah, shooting. Yeah, it's another typical, like, totally telegraphing your move situation mm-hmm. where it's like... If you'd have just been discreet about it and then snuck up on the guy with your gun because you saw him, but instead you're like, hey, hey, I see one of them. Yeah. I've got a flashlight trained on him right now. Let's slowly approach him in secret. <laughs> so MacGyver gets a, a distraction ready by taking another bag of cocaine and ripping it open. And throwing it at them. <laughs> yeah, he throws it at them and it just explodes Which is on maybe their face. the third time that he's thrown narcotics in someone's face. I know he did it in Murderer Sky when they blew a bunch of opium in the guy's yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like that's not even the first time that he's thrown drugs at people to distract them. I, I, uh, in my notes, I described it as MacGyver throws a surprise party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys are just like really excited now. You just fueled their expedition in hunting you down, MacGyver. Yeah, they're going to be up for hours. <laughs> uh, so they run down this cave, but it ends up being a dead end. Right. And uh, Crandall seemed to know that, or at least suspect it. So... He uh, goes back and pulls a couple of grenades from one of the it's boxes. It's insane that they even had these. Well, it's insane that they had a heat-seeking missile. Yeah. Or maybe multiple heat-seeking missiles. Yeah. It's it's like how much I guess how much equipment do you give a guy who's like going to stash drugs? It's like, well, what are you guys gonna need? Well, we'll need a couple of semi-automatic machine guns. All right. Maybe grenades. Oh. Okay. Man, probably a heat-seeking missile. Uh, heat-seeking missile. <laughs> but honestly, if so, you, that's another point added to the tally of like things that they would need to shoot down further DEA planes. Like mm-hmm. first of all, the DEA needs to send another improperly armed plane after yeah. they already know the first one got shot down. And if it comes like, do they have another heat seeking missile to take it down? Like right. why would they have more than one, let alone one? Yeah. It's a lot of equipment to carry. You yeah. Know? Uh, you watch Die Hard when they got the set up the missile launcher. It's like, they do all this stuff like set up the tripod, right, and right, right. bolt it to the ground, and they only had like a couple of cases of missiles. Uh, and they didn't bolt their tripod down in, uh, in on a wing and a prayer, so they totally missed the plane when they were firing at it. <laughs> yeah. 
So they toss the grenade into the cave, the opening, and MacGyver, man, he's quick. He he just runs over to the grenade, catches it, like picks it up off the ground, throws it back, throws out. It back yeah. out of the cave, but it explodes and causes a cave-in into where they are. Um, and uh, Wilcox is Wilcox in this episode, the pilot. He spends most of his time complaining about Crandall's methods and about the situation that they're in. And a lot of times he sounds like he's dubbed. like Almost all the time. Yeah. Actually, that first shot where they step onto the floating rocks, both of them are really badly dubbed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe there was just like bad audio at the location at the it, time. I, or... I feel like the plane must have been running really loud. Mm. Like they, did, they hadn't shut it completely down before the dialogue started, and it must have just completely drowned out whatever they were saying. Yeah. It reminded me, though, of... Um, what's the one... In the prison camp. Yeah, when, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. There you go. When uh, he throws the explosive briefcase towards the mouth of the cave. That's yeah. And you're just like, why are you doing that? You're going to cause a cave-in and get stuck in here. But mm-hmm. it didn't do it that time. Right. But this time it actually caused a cave-in and kept them trapped in this place. But at the same time as we're seeing rocks come in and fill the hole for the, the entrance that they came through to get to this dead end, we're also noticing light suddenly from above them. Mm-hmm. As something opens up in the ceiling. Right. The, the, the shock of the explosion caused a cave-in from above as well as inside. Right. And there's a lot of debris falling on both of Pete and Matt. They kind of right. like duck for cover. They're okay. Just a little, a little banged up, but they're they're not they're not immobile or anything like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and the only opening is the source of the light that's yeah, now above way them. Up in the way up in the ceiling. Which, when they show the shots of it, you can see kind of like a zigzaggy path that you might take to get towards that light. Right, right. If, if this were a video game and you, you were trapped in this exactly cave, you know exactly, yeah. Uh, Nathan Drake would get out of this cave and no problem. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver starts working out what he calls this route of getting up and around. And it's basically it, basically everything that in MacGyver land comes into play here. Right, yeah. It's like, like a whole new course. Yeah, and so it's like climbing... And then MacGyver grapples uh, a piece of uh, rock across the way, and so they have to shimmy across the rope. And This is the part where I, for the first time, was like, oh, I get it. This is all part of the plan, and <laughs> this is all part of Pete's training. See, I thought that at first, too. Like, as soon as I, as soon as I saw the, the plane the wreckage, plane, yeah. and I saw those guys don't look like they're really dead. Yeah. I was like... Oh, okay. I was like, because they're playing dead, because this is part of Pete's training. Right. But then um, MacGyver's sitting at the campfire, and then... Uh, Pete walks up and he's like, well, I buried him as best I could. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted MacGyver to be like, uh, what? what? What did you do? Where? Where? Do you remember where? You, did, oh my God. Did you mark it? You told, Tell me you marked Please it. Please tell me they're not in unmarked graves. <laughs> <laughs> they start making their way up, but now the next grappling, I guess MacGyver has nothing to grapple to, so he decides to swing on some dangling roots right. f- uh, from the ceiling, which can easily hold his weight. But right. when Pete tries, uh, he... First of all, Pete doesn't get enough of the swing going. Yeah. So he kind of like stalls out and gets just stuck hanging on the roots. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver and he just kind of like help reach for each other and help each other over uh, just as like a section of the roots break and fall to the ground. Yeah. So now they're on a ledge just below the cave opening. And so they start kind of like lobbing the grappling hook up into the air. And it hits the ground, and somehow, from like 200 feet away, Wilcox and Crandall, they hear, it. they hear the grappling hook hitting the ground. Yeah. Even if it hit the rock, 
don't think that they would hear it. Yeah, it wouldn't echo that far up the cave and out of the hole. Yeah. And so, but the first hook doesn't grab anything, so they try it again. And now this time, Crandall and Wilcox are certain they heard something. Yeah. And cock their guns and go looking around for trouble. Uh, but with the, the grappling now capable of supporting MacGyver, he climbs out. But uh, MacGyver hears the approaching Wilcox and tells Pete to, to stay put. And he says, catch, to Pete. And Pete's all, what? And then the grappling hook just comes just down. Just goes right past him. And the look on Pete's face is like, oh. Like, he's so mad at... But it was also totally unnecessary to throw it back in there. Yeah. Because MacGyver's already outside of the Yeah, he could have just pulled the rope up. Yeah, just hold on to this thing for a second while Mm -hmm. they pass. Like, it's way smaller than you are, and you're going to have to hide up there. Yeah. Just hold on to it. But instead, without warning Pete properly, he just throws it back in, and it goes the whole way to the bottom of the cave. Yeah, so... And I thought Pete was going to have to go down and get it. Like, that was going to be like... Do the whole thing over again? (laughs) Yeah, but now without MacGyver's help. Right. And I thought, oh man, that's even more like just proving that he's still capable. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver ducks down like behind the the opening of the cave because this opening is a it's it's a vertical opening, so it's it's kind of like a mound. It's also weirdly square. Yeah. From above. Uh, but uh, so MacGyver kind of like hides on the far side of this like mound of dirt where the opening is. Yeah. And Wilcox is just very aloof looking around looks like mm, well, I don't say anything and Crandall then just yells for him to come back down yeah. so they can finish what they're doing and this is where Pete uh, tells MacGyver that he didn't catch the grappling hook and right. MacGyver's like what? Yeah. <laughs> MacGyver's mad at him even though it's 100% MacGyver's fault so Pete now has to climb the interior opening of this cave right uh, which if he can climb up then I don't know. It, it just... It seemed like the rope was unnecessary to begin with. Yeah. But I guess it would just would have been easier. Uh, so Pete struggles to get out of the cave, but right. MacGyver helps him up part of the way. And we get one close-up shot of him, like, gripping onto a ledge, and his gloves are broken, and yeah. you can see a bloody finger inside. Yeah, it was it just like, looks really painful. Yeah, every, everything about this, uh, like, it's hardcore. Yeah. And this whole time, their plan... Uh, to stop these guys, I feel was a little bit uh, ambitious because when, before they even set out for the lake, their plan was to capture the plane yeah. from the drug dealers. Yeah. It's like, you don't even know what, how many there are. Or how I think long they just they know how much they have to do to cancel out all the guilt of having destroyed the evidence. Yeah. They're like, look, the only way that we're not going to get fired for what we just did. It's if we capture the plane and mm-hmm. both of these criminals. The criminals who, who have murdered these two other DEA right. agents. Exactly. Uh, and so now that they're out of the hole, their plan is the same. They're going to take the plane and radio for help. Uh, assuming the plane had a radio. You know, I mean, they're, they're making a lot of assumptions. Yeah. That, that they have, they'll have the ability to take the plane, that they'll leave the plane unguarded, that there's not already someone on the plane like guarding it just all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so MacGyver's plan is to lure the men away, like like have them chase him through the woods and Pete to make for the plane. Right. And, and so they pull another jacket dummy yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah MacGyver uh, takes Pete's coat, puts some sticks in it, and then kind of like walks it around like 
Like uh, it's a weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so great because he just kind of like walks towards the bad guys and they see him and he kind of goes, whoa, and he like turns around and like waddles off with this other person as if yeah. he's like helping him along. Uh, Which I think this is the third time now that we've used a, a stuffed jacket as a distraction because that happened again in The Endangered and then previously in uh, the one with... Mask of the Wolf, they did it too. Oh, did they mask? Oh, yeah, they did, right? Because yeah, it was wrapped around a snowman. Yeah, yeah wrapped so this is the snow. fourth time because it happened with uh, with Grandpa and Target MacGyver. Target MacGyver, so yeah. Make it look like a man and just <laughs> throw it at the <Yeah>. car. <laughs> did not look like a man at all. <laughs> Some old man threw a vest full of twigs. <laughs> it totaled my truck. Uh, uh, so as MacGyver's leading them away on a chase. Uh, Pete makes it to the plane and calls into the Phoenix uh, training center and just starts, we cut away from him as he's giving away the details, assuming that he's just giving them everything that they need to know of how to find them. Yeah. And as MacGyver's running, I don't know how planned this scene was, but MacGyver like, like hits a, there's like a large tree branch and the coat gets caught on it. Like right at the neck. Yeah. So that it holds it up in the air. Yeah, and it holds it and then MacGyver is spun around and tumbles down I'm pretty sure it was on purpose, but it just looks so accidental. Yeah. Um, I always think of uh, Bill Murray's exit in Scrooged. Right, when he slips on the ground. Yeah, when he's leaving the restaurant and just... (laughs) Yeah. You you know, I thought you were Richard Pryor. (laughs) And then, yeah, he just slips and falls on his side and he gets up. That looks so bad. There's another one in Ghostbusters Lane. He's, like, running to his office and he goes to jump up over the door. And you see his foot just clip it right at the top. And it's, like, so lucky he didn't just fall on his face right there. With the, you know, so the coat's stuck on the branch. And they think it's one of the guys just standing there. So they just unload at it. It looks like the, the... the shot doesn't even penetrate the whole jacket. I'm pretty sure yeah. whatever it was it was from the inside. inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it explodes from the inside, but we just get like feathers and. But when you squib an empty jacket, it doesn't look the same as if you shot it with a like if Correct. they shot it with a gun, it should have just completely caved in well, to it, a gaping it, yeah, hole. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't even been a gaping hole. It would have just the bolt would have just gone through it like paper. Yeah, it would have just gone. But either way, yeah, this whatever happened here clearly was not the thing getting shot. Yeah, they, they shredded it. You yeah. know. but then it also immediately. They know this is not a person. Right. Who? What are we chasing right now? And why did they need a second person? I bet there's somebody at the plane. Right. So now Wilcox continues his pursuit of MacGyver, and Crandall has be- heads back to the airplane. Right. And MacGyver pulls the same trick on Wilcox, though, like leaving his coat. But instead of now, like Wil- Wilcox is like wise to it. It's like, well, I'm not gonna sh- gonna shoot it now. Yeah. I'm gonna approach it carefully. And not pay attention to my surroundings, while MacGyver jumps off a really high tree stump. Yeah. This tree stump, like the stump, is ten feet tall. Yeah. Like I don't know what happened to that tree. Yeah. Um, generally, if you're cutting down a tree, you wouldn't cut it. You so wouldn't start high. that high. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so MacGyver leaps down and tackles him and punches him out. Yeah. Pete apparently has still been on the plane all this whole time. Yeah. Because when he finally comes out, Crandall is there to get the drop on him, and shoots him in the head. <laughs> yeah well it looks like it yeah th- there's a shot fired it hits pete he grabs his head he falls. grabs his face and falls back into the water yeah. yeah but it looks to us like he just got shot right in the skull yeah and because he doesn't come up from the water either yeah he, like he goes into the water and vanishes um so macgyver hears the shot 
and comes running after he puts his coat back on. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, it's kind of chilly. Yeah. Um, this, this, this adrenaline has not gotten me warm at all. I, if I were him, I would just be walking with my arms straight out so that people <laughs> just thought it was a jacket and not a person. <laughs> no, it's just another dummy. Aha! I'm not going to shoot at that one. I'm not wasting any more bullets. You uh, know what? I'll use a heat-seeking missile. That way, if it is a that's person... That's right. That's right. It'll seek the heat. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver makes it back to the plane, but now there's no sign of anybody. There's no Crandall. There's no Pete. Right. Um, and so he starts to walk towards the plane, and that's when Crandall kind of like, ha comes out of the cargo hold. Right. Uh, cargo hold is a small plane. But the I mean, tiny fuselage. The, yeah, yeah, he comes out from the back part of the plane, and he tells him that he just killed Pete, and uh, kind of gets like his villainous kind of like moment of like, you caused me a lot of trouble, you know that? Right. And MacGyver's all, we tried to. Yeah. And but then MacGyver gets a glimpse here mm-hmm. of Pete kind of like. surfacing to breathe and then yeah. going back underwater. Yeah. Uh, and we can see blood on Pete's face. Yeah, like, like it's, it, it must have just grazed him. Uh, so Cranel gets ready to shoot and Pete just leaps out of the water yeah. like, a, like a sea lion or something. It's and, almost the same move that MacGyver did when he jumped out, like when he was. Blowing bubbles from underwater, yeah. <laughs> and then he jumps up out of the water and knocks the guy out with Just a punch. Punch from the water. Which episode was that? It was the same cabin from the Russian. Yeah, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't that episode. Was it that the the deaf one, Silent World? No, you know what? It was Family Matters or Family Matter, because they used the same cabin well, to fa- kidnap Pete's family. I thought the one where he was blowing bubbles though was. Was Silent World because you're the, right. It was Silent because they had the they, hydrofoil. They've used that cabin three times. Then yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's the one with the hydrofoil. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because he set the timer and then ripped the whole wall out of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was Family Matters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that one was Family Matters, um, with Obadiah's boat. <laughs> right, but we're talking about Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Silent World. Good uh, stuff. Uh, Lots of episodes of this show. Yeah, there's a lot of the, they, especially when they use the same locations. It's, it's, yeah. They start to blur together. Uh, but we're, you know, we're in Vancouver now, so right. no more of those cabins. Um, and uh, so Pete again leaps out of the water, grabs Crandall, and then starts wailing on him. Yeah. Like like he gets one big punch, and you can see Crandall is still conscious, but like not footing up a fight anymore yeah. but then Pete just comes in for Keeps a punching. second and MacGyver has to has to stop him and now at this point Pete is so exhausted and injured that he just kind of collapses yeah and, and he's just like okay so how did I do yeah how did he's I like do? well you just saved the instructor's life so I think you passed mm-hmm. and uh, we just flash forward to like that night yeah yeah so it's the it's the act five roundup of uh they're, they're fueling up the chopper to get Pete out. Yeah. And a nurse has kind of it's bandaged up his hands, which would be, like, as we saw, the bloody finger. Right. Like, these are the most damaged part of him at Also, this he was just rupturing bones on this guy's face. Yeah. Um, and, we, yeah, we see the, the, a police car has arrived to take Crandall and Wilcox away. Right. Which I felt that they were really out. If they have to have a chopper, I feel like a police car wouldn't be able to arrive there so quickly. Yeah, that's true. Like, if, if the police is close enough, then there must be a hospital within driving distance, Or maybe right? the car is just going to pull up a little bit, and then they're going to pick it up with a helicopter. Oh, there you go. Just like the horse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I felt it was kind of weird that they needed to airlift him out of there. Because he didn't really seem all that injured. Yeah. 
he was hurt and he needs medical attention. I mean, he'd been shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably got a concussion. But uh, airlifting him out seemed a little uh, excessive. Yeah. Again, if there are police services nearby, an ambulance must be able to get to them as well. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem as in as bad shape as Bill Foy, who literally couldn't walk. Yeah. And uh, so MacGyver and Pete kind of had like this kind of like heart-to-heart moment. Yeah. Where uh, MacGyver wanted to like to thank Pete for all the times he's helped him. And, and he tells, tells Pete how much he's always looked up to him. And uh, Pete's kind of like, you never told me that before. And uh, so it's kind of like a really kind of like a touching friend moment for the two of them. Yeah. And Pete says the, that uh, he lost six pounds while he was out there in the field. Right. I think he's overestimating how much that jacket weighed. But Yeah. I was like, Pete, that's just water weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, and he says, I think I might start dating again. And so MacGyver tries like, to casually call the nurse back in as if there's going to be some flirtation happening. Right. Um, and that's just the end of the episode. I mean, it just kind of ends on that kind of like lighthearted little note. Yeah. Um, we should also mention something very interesting happened right at about the halfway point of this episode. Mm. Do you remember that? Something interesting at the halfway point? Yeah. Uh, I, I Describe to me what you're talking about. We crossed over into the second half of the series, MacGyver. Oh, God! Why didn't I think of that? This is the 70th episode of 139, which means we're now officially in the second half of the show. Wow. <laughs> I did not think we would get this far. <laughs> You say that about every season, too. It's like I know. At the beginning and end of every season, you we, say... Episode 5. Who'd have thought we'd have gotten <laughs> five episodes in? But no. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. We've been doing this for a while, people. But it's good. If you're I'm listening... I'm sure you can tell by listening when we refer to like nine other episodes over the course of this one episode. Right. Or we do a lot of compare and contrasting. Yeah. Um, wow. Half, halfway done. We're halfway there. We'd sing a song. Yeah, we have to finish the second half before the new series starts. Yeah. That's going to... I think Which we Which I think that. they're shooting already. Oh, well, we'll have to... But I don't know how long between, you know, they're done shooting and they actually air a pilot. Right, I mean, right. presumably the show would have to get picked up before they would air a pilot anyway. Correct. But I think, I mean, I would... I don't know why it wouldn't get picked up. Well, the last one didn't. That's true. The young MacGyver. Also, I wanted to touch on a little bit of MacGyver news. Mm-hmm. Um, news. You may have heard uh, online or you may have seen our post on our Facebook page about... Uh, the MacGyver t- TV reboot that's happening right now, uh, I think alongside the, the feature reboot Right, still. right, right. Um, and James Wan is supposed to be a producer on both of them. But um, the TV show that CBS put together went to pilot. They shot their pilot. And as far as I knew, it only wrapped like a week and a half ago. Right. Um, but they, I guess, had a cut together in enough of a state that CBS was able to take a look at it and decide that they want to go forward with the series. So, Excellent. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, is it? Do we know if it's a full season or just like a like a ten episode or twelve episode? All deal? we know right now is that it's that it's going to be a part of their 2016, 2017 lineup. Which I okay. don't know if that means for sure that it's going to be starting in the fall or if it'll be a mid season replacement mm-hmm. or if it'll be in their spring lineup or how that works because 2016, 2017 means it really could start any any Right, right, there. right. Um, but yeah, I guess. From what I understand, they were not happy with the script for the pilot. I have to tell you, because the, the one little snippet that was on IMDb, yeah, like that said what the plot synopsis was, I was like, oh God, no. I don't, I don't know how far off that'll be from what the actual series is. I hope is. it's extremely far off. Yeah. It's aliens were involved. What? Yeah, that's what the IMDb thing said. I'm, I'm Oh God, I'm hoping that that's not back on the table then. 
uh, I hadn't heard anything about aliens before. Oh, you're going to have to read me this now. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, Lucas Till is still slated to play the MacGyver character, but, um, they, I guess, dropped a lot of the, uh, additional cast, so that's not, uh, not the, the major characters of, uh, Lucas Till as MacGyver or, um, I forget his name from CSI that's playing a sort of secondary lead character, but I, a lot of the people that rounded out the cast got dropped when they picked the show up. They also apparently threw out the script to the pilot and uh, it's not going to have much to do with um, whatever the original script was. I hope it didn't yeah. involve aliens. I'm, I'm trying. I can't even find the, the listing for it now. Yeah, so officially it's going to get... a. A series run. We'll be reviewing those episodes as they come out, mm-hmm. um, as quickly as we can after they air. Um, I mean, our obviously our hope would be to be able to review them the night that they come on television, and then to have an episode available for download the following morning. Yeah. Um, if that's not possible, it's not possible. It really depends on what day of the week they end up slating the show and and our right, work right. schedules. Uh, you know, obviously, like we like to. I mean, well, we, you, <laughs> you like to edit these things a little bit. Yeah. So it might, it might be a more of a free flowing episode. Yeah. Um, if we do that. Yeah. Which, but, which um, is fine. You won't notice anything. But, uh, either way, um, we'll still be doing obviously the original series. Um, so it's not like we're going to stop doing this when the new show starts airing. In fact, we might try to double time it up and get a little bit closer to being done with this before the, the new series airs. I don't know for sure. Uh, if that'll be possible, because we have yeah seventy something episodes. I to mean, go. How, how long has it taken us to get to the midpoint yeah. here? The, yeah, we're halfway through it right now. We've been doing it for a year and a half, and now we have four months to finish the yeah <laughs> the show. So I don't think that'll quite happen. But uh, if we want to cover the rest of the series and the TV movies and MacGruber, yeah, okay. and well, Young MacGyver before, then that's that's going to be tricky. So, but either way, everything will get reviewed in due time. Uh, we might adjust the schedule a little bit when we have the new series running because uh, depending on when it airs, if if the new MacGyver is on Thursdays, then Friday morning might be our review of the new episodes. Obviously, yeah. all this is based on when the show ends up airing. But all we know right now is that it actually will at least air an episode on CBS um, and that they're apparently rewriting the whole thing and recasting a significant chunk of the cast Um which I guess uh, there, I saw some tweets from cast members that were kind of upset about it. That were like, "Well, I don't understand. Like, you picked the show up. Did you hate the show and pick it up because it's called MacGyver and you thought you could make a better MacGyver show? Yeah. Or did you just say we like the show, but we don't like the people that were on it and the script? <laughs> it's like that seems like counter <laughs> we, counterintuitive. We we like the idea of the show. Yeah. We're just gonna remake every episode that we've already shot. Yeah. Because so. we don't have to write any scripts that way. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, either way, whether it's good or bad, I'm excited that there's going to be more for us to watch and to review. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you have that to look forward to. And, obviously, any, any future news we get on, on the release of this series, we will be trying to keep you guys up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As far as this episode, yeah, uh, it's good. It's fine. It's yeah, a good episode. It's a fun one. Um, the MacGyver Project says it's in the top five. Of the series, okay. I mean, I think, I, I think that's pretty generous, but uh, but I think I think that uh, Nick's scale is more about like the heart of the show, okay, and things like that, and and how it focuses on the actual themes of the series, which I think is a fair way to do it. 
But my version of it would go by <laughs> the craziest, most insane plots. So so Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot Flames End. Like <laughs> I like the I like completely out of control nonsense. That's that's my that's my jam. Well, then next week is gonna be <laughs> Deadly Dreams. Something to behold. Deadly Dreams is a crazy one. So that's definitely that might be in my top five actually. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's still a bunch I probably haven't even seen since they originally aired, so... I frightened a baby watching this episode. Yeah, we freaked out over um, a, a particular scene, and my, my son did not enjoy the sounds we made. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Um, if you have any thoughts you want to share, you can contact us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 4, Episode 7, Deadly Dreams. Mm -hmm. The debut of Dr. Zito. Yeah. And some other crazy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.